You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about Wonder Woman 2, the Men in Black spinoff, and a little movie called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. I'm about to have oh a seizure. I, I, um, I, honestly, I thought, yeah. I I thought like, there was a fire alarm going I was, on. I was just... Obviously, if you're listening to a podcast, this means nothing to you if you're listening to just audio. But if you're actually watching this show, the lights in the studio have just suddenly started flashing. I was expecting one of those girls with a card to come up and start going, Round one! Yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm being courted for, like, free agency. Like, I'm in Staples Center, and the Lakers are, like, doing their pitch. Like, this could be you, your name on the Jumbotron. Let's get ready to rumble! Wow. They're going to have a kiss cam. Our budget's gone up. This I'll is a good, good sign. This is a good sign. Well, good morning, Simon. Hey, how are you? Do you know who I am? I'm Jeff Snyder. Where are you from, Jeff? Editor-in-chief yep. of the tracking yep. board, tracking-board.com. You yep. can find me on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. at the end, Snyder. And mm-hmm. with me, as always, it's Simon Thompson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ShowbizSimon. There is also a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Guys, I saw Simon in action yesterday. You did? Yeah. Simon- Not sex. No, well, sex. I guess there's a few, yeah, there different was a definitions of, of inaction. Yeah, uh, no, he interviewed me. You interviewed I me did. for Al Jazeera. Yeah, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. I know I have a lot of fans. You fucked it up overseas Badly. around the world. I know it was Badly. bad. It's embarrassing. We met Melrose Larry. We did, dude. I looked him up. He's famous. He is famous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you were a very good interviewer. Thank you, were you so very much. Gentle. I felt it's almost I like felt I do TV for a living. Um, we have a lot to talk about today, We do. Guy. Wow, what a busy, busy week this has been. There's something happening at the weekends. Can I just say happy Oscar weekend? Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to get to some predictions yep. uh, at the end of the show, we right? Yep. We'll wrap up the show with some predictions. I have my article going up later today. Yep. Who knows? It could change in between. I could change my mind on the drive home. That's how wide could open do. this race is. Who knows? Um, but I think for starters, yeah. we should just dive right on in. And a moose-bouche. To what? What? It's a little thing you have when you have dinner, like a posh dinner, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, okay. Chick filler. Uh, posh. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Would you, honey, would you like to go to a posh yeah, dinner tonight? Just a posh dinner, a chick filler. No, we have to talk about Wonder Woman 2. We do. Yeah, Wonder Woman yeah. 2. Okay, that, let's, that's what let's we have to talk about. Yeah. Kristen Wiig yeah. is being eyed mm-hmm. to play the villain Cheetah. Cheetah. She is in early talks. I guess mm. she has already come in for a meeting with Warner Brothers executives and Patty Jenkins, who handpicked her for the role after they offered it to Emma Stone, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Stone uh, passed. Mm-hmm. Um, she has an Oscar. She just yeah. did those Spider-Man movies a few years ago. Uh, and, and I imagine that Emma Stone wants her own movie. You know, yeah. like, play, like, you know, her own superhero. I don't mm-hmm. know if she'd be good for Silver and Black. But she was the girl in Amazing Spider-Man. She just want to come in and be the villain when everybody's cheering for Wonder Woman. Yeah. It's just fat. Yeah. Totally. So so we have Kristen Wiig. What do you think about her as Cheetah? Good or bad? Uh, first of all, I was quite surprised. Um, uh, she, If I was drawing up a list of five names, she would probably have not been on it. Um, but then I thought, well, who did they have in the last one? And... Spoiler, in case you haven't seen Wonder Woman. David Thewlis. David Thewlis. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so I'm kind of like, well, he kind of looked like a geography teacher. And he was, you know, he was a, a decent enough, not amazing, but decent enough considering it's DC villain. Um, and I was actually thinking it might be quite nice. And there haven't been, we've had lots of guys fighting guys. We haven't had women fighting women. Um, and there aren't actually that many female villains in that, aside out of sort of the Batman universe, there's a few in there. But generally, there aren't that many. I think it'd be a really nice, uh, nice thing to do. 
I don't know much about the character of Cheetah, if I'm honest with you. Nor, nor do I. Um, but, sounds uh, like it sounds like a response to Black Panther. It's like, oh, let's get a, get a lady get a cat, big, a big cat in there. Yeah, um, let's not call a cat woman, but a woman cat. I don't like it. Okay, does not surprise me. I'm not a big fan of Kristen Wiig mm-hmm. outside it's a big of sell. outside of studio comedies. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I really like the Skeleton Twins, and, and you know, she was okay in Diary of a Teenage Girl. But so many of the other indies have not really worked. Obviously, this is the, the furthest thing from an indie, Wonder Woman two. But I just, it's hard. Any time that I see her in a drama, it takes me out of the movie. Mm. Like, you know, she shows up in The Martian. It's like, wait, what? She shows up in Mother. It's like, wait, what? Like. It, it's just distracting. I don't know that I can see her really playing a villain without veering into like SNL style camp. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a head scratcher for sure. Patty Jenkins has earned the benefit of the doubt. I yes. mean, she cast Charlize as Eileen Warnos. Everybody was like, "What do you? You know, this is a beautiful woman. You're gonna ugly her up." What do you? And then she won the Oscar. And plus, you know, she got a great performance out of Gal Gadot, who is not fucking Meryl Streep. Mm. You know, uh, so also Chris Pine. I mean, Chris Pine was you know, great in Chris the Wonder Pine Woman. Chris Pine did do very Chris good work Pine in that. You're right. And miss, so, you know? so Patty Jenkins, you know, has a good track record in my mm. book as far as getting performances out of actors uh, who maybe haven't had their chance uh, a chance to prove their stuff. So yeah. I will give her the benefit of the doubt there. But on the surface, Wig's a head scratcher. Yeah, I was I was certainly surprised. It was not a name like I say that I would have had on a, a short list. But you know, I I, I trust I trust Patty Jenkins. Um, from from her previous track record with Wonder Woman, she, I assume that she knows what she's doing, and, and and Kristen has something that she wants to do with the character. But you know, I I'm a, I agree with you on the I don't really buy her in things that aren't funny. I mean, movies like Downsizing, um, which was meant to be part comedy and part drama, and it was all rubbish. Um, Are you surprised that Emma Stone passed? No. For the same reasons that that you've said, yeah. I mean, I think she got burnt with um, Spider Man. Um, I don't know how much she enjoyed that experience as well, um, and I think she just wants to concentrate on doing some more serious actor stuff. She's just deserving of her own name. movie. Yeah. She doesn't need to be yeah. play second fiddle, play second fiddle, you yeah. know, in somebody else's movie. Um, Zeno Hour in the chat is saying uh, thinks that Cheetah will be the secondary villain. The primary villain could be a character called um, Search C I R C E Search Search. Um, either well, either way, where's that coming from? I don't really, I, I don't, I have no idea. But I'm just kind of like, I just don't think I'm, I don't care, really. Yeah, I mean, does it really matter? Uh, it doesn't matter who Wonder Woman is going to yeah. take on. And I, I hope they don't do more than one villain because I, I mean that generally doesn't. Well, work. that's that's what happens with these sequels. Is you know they just keep piling on villains and more and more characters. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I would have loved to have seen another character actor along the lines of David Thewlis. Yeah. Not that I thought David Thewlis was nope. anything special in Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it just didn't excite me. I don't know why you need a big name for this either. Like Wonder Woman did fantastic. The sequel's yeah. going to do even bigger. Um, and it's very rarely in these movies that, that, that it is about the villain, though. You know, it's not really the villain that people sell in these movies. I mean, are there any Marvel movies that they've sold... The film on on the villain. I mean, I don't know. No. Loki's obviously yeah. a big a big figure, but you're right. You know, Marvel, but Marvel generally is considered as having perceived as having a villain problem. Yeah, um, I mean, I just yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. It was it was an interesting choice. Um, girls got to work. Girls got to work. That Ghostbusters re- reboot. That is true. <laughs> and movies like Mother. That is true. <laughs> yep, Hollywood is a fickle and cruel mistress. 
But yeah, I was quite surprised by that. And it doesn't, it doesn't excite me. It doesn't massively offend me. But it certainly was an interesting choice for me. And there's no deal yet on that, no, obviously. It's it just is, it talks. Is still, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. early days, so we'll see if that closes. But I'm not sure I see anything you know, coming along the bend for Kristen Wiig that would make her yeah. pass or turn this opportunity down, especially if Patty Jenkins is lobbying on her behalf. Mm. Um, shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. What's going to come Let's next? talk about Kristen Wiig's Ghostbusters co-star, mm. Christopher Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Who's in talks to star in the Men in Black spinoff. Yes. Not a reboot, not a remake. No. It is technically a spinoff. Yep. I don't know... Uh, what that means necessarily, if they're going to be bringing back Josh Brolin or Emma Thompson or something, or if it's just, you know, it's set in that universe. I mean, I would, I would really like it if they, if they went back to the, to the Josh Brolin Men in Black 3 period, and then they kind of moved forward with him on that timeline. I mean, so he's, it's all he's huge. effectively a precursor he's, to he's abs- this is, Men in This Black. is the time to bet on Josh Brolin. I mean, yeah. did you, did, we went to Death Wish last night, folks. Every other trailer, it, it either, <laughs> either had The Rock in it or it had Josh yeah. Brolin in it. It was like Sicario, uh, Deadpool 2, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're, Rampage, not, we're, not, we're leaving out Infinity War. Uh, Infinity yeah. War, yes. So um, Josh Brolin is right up there with The Rock these days. So I think it would Which be good I'm to really see him back about. again. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm really pleased that, that Brolin's doing, you know, is having a heyday. Yeah, I mean, I could I could see him coming back. I would like to see that that kind of arc of the of the universe expanded. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Hemsworth working in like maybe the 70s or, or 80s. Um, like that a period thing. So like a period oh, thing. Okay, that is interesting. Well, we've had a couple. We've had one set in the past, half set in the past. We've had one that's been set. We've had two that were set in current time. They haven't explored that Austin Powers sort of you know, mechanic of doing mm. different eras. So 70s or 80s would be quite fun. Um, lots of cameos that you could have in that as well without it being too hammy. Lots of ideas and world world events that you could influence or use to frame it. Uh, I think that would be really cool. And I think also then we discussed this previously, having a female... Um, Coaster. Well, that's what Boris Kitt's uh, yeah. exclusive at the Hollywood Reporter indicated, and this is something that I'd heard as well. That uh, although I, I actually thought it was going to be a black guy and a white girl, yeah, but it looks it's looking like white guy, black, black girl. girl. Um, either way, you know that there will be diversity amongst those those two leads. Uh, it sounds like there's a third lead, an older male. I don't know if he'll be white or what race he'll be. I don't know if that is actually Josh Brolin. Who who knows? Um, I would love to see Patrick Stewart in there somewhere. <laughs> I, bizarre. It is. It's a bizarre. It would, it's coming out of left field, but I just think that having him being some kind of boss, or maybe a you know from the from the UK Men in Black or something, might be quite fun. Yeah. I just like I, I just actually, like I actually can Stewart. see that, like in that Emma Thompson sort of role yeah. running the agency. I don't know. Could be quite good. So okay, let's go back to Chris okay. Hemsworth. What do you think of this for his career for this movie? Because it's got thumbs up for me. I think yeah. that this is the right move for him. I think that he excels at comedy. Yep. I think his dramatic chops are still a little shaky. He's got the action down, though. So well, I yeah, think when he, it comes to that side of the movie. Obviously, you know, can be an, a big action star. But, like, you know, you see him in, try something like Black Hat, mm. and it didn't work. Or In the Heart of the Sea, yeah. and it didn't work. I think that comedy is actually where I see his career going. Yep. Action comedy. Yep. I suppose. Uh, I mean, he, to, to be fair, I mean, even I, I wasn't a massive fan of Twelve Strong, but when it came to that's another drama, yeah, when it came to dramatic acting, actually his turn in that was was better mm-hmm. than he's done in some other previous movies. And you know, previously I'd said the same thing about Chris Pine. You know, I, I, I mean, Chris Pine, I never really saw as doing anything particularly dramatic, and then he did, you know, Hell or High Water. That's- 
and he absolutely knocked that out of the park. So I think if the material is right and the direction is right, it could be something that is pulled out of Hemsworth to actually deliver. And they have F. Gary Gray. They have a good director yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. On the Chris Pine front, I agree with you that like after you know his first few movies, I didn't think he was anything special. But, but I had seen him on stage doing Farragut North. Yeah. So I knew that you know he had, he'd certainly had something inside of him. Hemsworth, um, obviously great. He was the best thing of Go- in Ghostbusters. Yes, he was. Total scene stealer. I, I thought he was really funny in Vacation. Uh, he's, mm. He was even good in those Dundee. Yes. Uh, you know? Um, so I, I think it, this is smart for him, and it's a, and it's a big star for, for Sony to pull into this franchise. Yeah. I think he's the right guy to lead this franchise you forward. You can see the ad campaign. You can see the posters. You can see all the, yeah. the advertorial and editorial that comes with it. You can see them really having fun with this. This could be their equivalent of something like a Deadpool when it comes to a really – or a Thor when it comes to a really successful marketing sort of approach and stand, creative editorial and stuff like that. Is, is there anybody who you would like to see playing that black female lead? Well, uh, this is a name that I had thought of, and actually it's um, Animation Dude A113, snappy name. Um, I'm assuming that the other 112 Animation A's are not wait, 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 do you not get that joke? I, a, I, A113? No. Oh, man. I missed it. Okay. Um, A one thirteen. I know what you're going for with that joke. I get it. I totally missed it. So uh, it's a, I'm, it's in, it's I'm a reference. Dick. It's in every Pixar movie. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Um, Janelle Monae for the female partner. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. I, I, I think, see I think that's a great I could call. see Janelle Monae. Haddish might be getting a bit lazy when it comes to casting black women because she is has, she, has a lot on, and she's kind of gone into that pole position of we need a black woman. He, let's get he, Tiffany Haddish. So, so, so she is the the clear fan favorite. I mean, you yeah. know, just looking at my Twitter mentions, yeah. that, that was sort of the first name that leapt to most people's minds. I think she's a little too old. Okay, uh, I think you know by the time she came out, this came out, she'd be like around forty. Which is not really where you want to reboot a franchise, and also, I think that there may be some romance between these two characters, mm. or at least there needs to be that romantic tension, like that Mulder and Scully will they or won't they? Yep. And I don't know that Tiffany Haddish can do that. True. I don't. I don't know that I see her as Fair. a romantic foil, particularly for somebody like Chris Hemsworth. Unless they use that actually as a MacGuffin by the fact that she's not only a, let's say they're setting it in like in the, the, the 70s, whatever. She is a older black woman. She'll have a previous life who mm-hmm. becomes and a woman in black. she's constantly hitting on Chris Hemsworth. Like, you know hitting, you want this. Yeah, but also then there's the there's a thing of like, you're a woman, what are you doing in a man's world? And you're older, what are you doing yeah. in a man's world? That kind of playing on the, the misogyny Listen, thing Tiffany might would be, be very quite, funny. Yeah, she'd I be just, very funny. I don't Janelle know Manet, if, I can if very her much and see. Hemsworth is the right pairing uh, Janelle Monet, I think, is a great call. Great call. I don't know how funny she is necessarily, mm. and you would think that if if she's so, the straight if one, if Sony was going to cast her in a big IP that they have over there, mm. you would think that it would be Charlie's Angels. But how funny was Tommy Lee? Yeah, yes, I agree. You know, but what and, about and Tommy have... Lee Jones? I mean, Tommy Lee Jones. You're right. Was, he wasn't exactly known for comedy. You know, but Will that, Smith was the funny guy. You're 100 percent correct. Tommy Lee Jones was the straight the guy, and that that would be quite interesting because also then if they do do this time hop thing, uh, or they set it in a different era, having the fact that it's not only a, a woman but she's that she's the responsible one, and he's kind of the ooh, the loose cannon, the right. jokey one, that would actually work really really well. Okay. Good um, course. Really, really interesting. My, I think my favorite would be Issa Rae. I just, I just think mm-hmm. Issa Rae is, is is very very funny. Uh, I think she's going to blow up in features real soon. Yeah. Um, she was actually somebody who I was thinking of for that 9 to 5 remake that we're going to talk about shortly. Yeah. 
so I have another yeah. name. I just want to make sure I get her name right that I think actually might be quite good. Um, not she hasn't done um, a, a, a lot of films. She's in a very successful TV show and already has her own spin-off. Um, Yara Shahidi from Blackish. Too young. Do you think she's too young? Yeah. Like she's like right? early early she? early twenties. Yeah, too young. Too young. I think so. Okay. Um, not not a bad suggestion though. Yeah. Like like she's most, got a good like following. Most of and she looks creative suggestions. But uh... what about what about Martin Lawrence in a fat suit? <laughs> yes. Big Mama's Kroll, Men in Black. I mean, a week or two ago, Kroll had tweeted that he'd like to see Letitia Wright uh, yeah. do, do something like this. I think she. Well, was... I said that a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. you you kind of didn't think that she was quite there yet for the middle for the leading Men in Black. Yeah. I think she. You see, yeah. I think she. You know, I I don't remember saying that, but it sounds like something I would say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now I'm going to reverse course and say, yeah. I, I think that she may be just given she... all the cultural currency that that movie has right now. Yeah. And if she was the female boffin, kind of to the the Chris Hemsworth character, I think it'd be quite fun. A um, lot of, do you know what? It's what is really nice is the fact that we have a lot of options. For casting that yes, kind of thing? because exactly. That uh, is really nice. A couple years ago, you'd have like one or two uh, names. You're like, ah, there's one black lady. What do we do? Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's good. It, it, that, the times are changing. Yep. Um, all right. Let's transition okay, cool. to the big dog, mm-hmm. Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Who has emerged from his hiatus holding a new script. Yes. It is called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is a perfect title. What do mm. you think of the title? Uh, I really like it. I mean, it I is, genuinely like, knowing like, what, what... How has no one found that title Yeah, knowing what before. Quentin's uh, yeah. influences are and, you know, the whole Once Upon a Time in the West, Once Upon a Time in America, etc. Um, I, I, it's kind of perfect. And he also is bringing back two of his biggest stars, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt from mm-hmm. Inglorious Bastards and Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. from Django Unchained. Uh, do you know they have never worked together before, I don't think, in front of the cameras? Uh, yeah. I, right? Have yeah. That, no, you're, you're right. They haven't. Although they were both on Growing Pains. They just weren't on at the same time. Brad Pitt showed up in a season three episode of Growing Pains, but I don't think Leo came into that show until like the seventh season. Anyways, Mm. the idea of these two guys working together is super fucking exciting. The idea that, that Brad Pitt would play Leo's stunt double is also pretty cool. Yeah. Um, like I, I like the synopsis that that Quentin provided in the release. You know, it wasn't just like a studio sanctioned logline. It had a little personality to it. It was like Quentin reading it to you. I mean, that that is what you love about you know. That's what, when you read one of his scripts. It's yeah. like it's it's its own thing from the movie. Um, I don't know. This movie sounds super exciting. I, I imagine Quentin will round up some of the usual suspects, guys like Sam Jackson, Tim Roth. Who knows who else? He's obviously trying to get Margot Robbie to play Sharon Tate. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right move for her at this point in her career. I don't know if she needs to be the blonde who's being chased by Charles Manson. I don't know how big a role that is in the script or whatever. Yeah. I, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm actually really torn over that because a lot, we've heard that this is going to be Tarantino's swan song. This is going to be right. His like, final are all movie. the actors going to try to work with him? So, if you want to get on the Tarantino bus, yeah. If you want to work with Tarantino, then this is the only one. I mean, I, 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 I don't think he'll stop making movies. I think he'll come back yeah, at some point. You know, I think it's bullshit. Um, but if you think that this might be the last time to get on the Tarantino bus, you, you want to get on that bus. So you'll take the role, whatever role you can get, whatever role you want to take, whatever opportunity comes your way. So I know I agree with you in that point, but I think if she does want to work with Tarantino and have that on her resume, 
um, she'll do it. I think it helps that, you know, she'd be working with Pitt and Leo yeah. again yeah. since she broke out in The Wolf of Wall Street with DiCaprio mm-hmm. and also appeared in The Big Short, yep. co-starring Brad Pitt and produced by Brad Pitt, uh, I believe. So... Fingers crossed that Quentin gets everybody on his wish list. It's coming together really nicely. And, you know, it's like it's just a couple weeks ago that there were I think it was like IndieWire running stories like this movie is still happening Mm. as if it was not going to happen because of the allegations, you know, with the Uma Thurman stuff. Obviously, it hasn't been a great month or so for Quentin. But the idea that this was not going to happen, like, this is a new Quentin Tarantino movie. Sony beat out a ton of studios for the bidding. There's no way they were going to walk away from this or pull the plug on it. Well, no I, way. I mean, a couple of weeks ago on the show when you when you weren't here, you were, I think it was your, I can't remember why you were away. But you, um, uh, I was talking about other people who, who had read um, four roles in the movie. And Jude Law was someone else. For the Tarantino name, movie? Had, had, yeah, has read for the movie. Interesting. Um, so I would think that we'll see a couple of people like that potentially coming through. Now, I don't know what roles they read for, um, but that's what, I've, that's what I've been told. I'm surprised so, Jude Law is reading at all. He is one of those on the on the list. Hmm. Okay. So. Um, what's next on your list? You pick. Okay, uh, let's talk about... We'll just finish off with, with, the, uh, with some superhero stuff. Um, Captain Marvel. Um, just a quick quick thing on this. Uh, the screenwriter was saying that that is going to be more of an action comedy than a straight-out action Marvel movie. I think, to me, I think we're very close to the point where we're getting a 50-50 split between pure action and comedy with Marvel, which I do enjoy the comedy en- events in the Marvel movies and the way that those are carried out, the way they're scripted and factored in. What I don't want to happen is... An, a, a, you know, basically, they don't care what I say, but in my own opinion, is um, I don't want it to become almost like a schizophrenic universe where you have a 50-50 split between serious movies and funny movies. Because I think if you start to do that, it just then starts to divide the, divides the, fran- the universe, the franchise, too much. And then when you try to sew those together, it makes it a lot more difficult to do that without too much of a tonal shift. You find it difficult to sew together. I mean, I, I'm I'm up for it being having comedic elements and lighter stuff, but as far as a going more comedic, sort of more sort of Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, too far that way, I'd be very careful with that if I was them. But I do want to have it some levity in there, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think. What do you think? You know, that levity is important to these movies. Um, I think Marvel has focused a little too much on the comedy at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. When I hear people coming out of Thor Ragnarok, the the first thing I hear out of their mouths, I don't want it to be. Well, that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm not looking for hilarious no. from a Marvel movie, let alone Thor Ragnarok. I don't know. Fleck and Bowden don't strike me as the best com- comedy directors. I think mm-hmm. the only thing that they did before was it's kind of a funny story. Right? Yeah. It has funny in the title. It's kind of not a very funny story. It's not funny at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely their worst movie. Um, Brie Larson, again, um, I, I, don't, I don't know how hilarious she is. You know, it's not like she's Paul Rudd and Ant-Man. So, uh, again, I would just tread carefully. Yeah. Just the whole the whole cast. Uh, it's careful, like, that's not a real Ben Mendelsohn hilarious Jude Law, a laugh riot. And you don't really want a repeat of, like, say, what has just happened with Solo, where it was like, okay, that's that's too much like a comedy and not a sci-fi movie. You know, I just think, 
I don't know. People... I enjoy the comedy. I don't want action comedies. That's action movies with some comedy is great. Yeah, I, 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 I just mean, see it's it impossible to, to creating talk about this stuff without seeing the movie or reading the script. Yeah. Um, they did add uh, Gemma Chan. They did. Who I really like, really like. I'm not that familiar with her work, but uh, she seems like a lovely lady. Yeah. Um, anything else on the Captain Marvel front? Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Cool. Um, let's talk about fucking Scarface, bro. Mm-hmm. Fuqua. This keeps coming around back and around. In, uh, it's a movie that will not die. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Fuqua back in talks, which I think is a good call. I thought he was a good call the first time. Um, and I did get my wish, though. It sounds like Diego Luna is out. Mm. Sounds like if Antoine was coming back... He would have to be able to start from scratch uh, yeah. in the casting. And again, this is very early uh, still. Um, but yeah, Diego Luna was never right for Scarface. He was, in fact, all wrong. I can't believe he ever got attached in the first place. Yep. They need to cast a fucking unknown. Do, I, I, We've I, said this I, I don't get it. Scarface is the brand. You don't need a big movie star or Diego Luna coming off Rogue One when he had a bunch of heat. You don't need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fugua should be able to find somebody. I always thought that the guy from American Crime, I'm blanking on his name, Richie, uh, Richie Cabral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he would be really good. I don't know. There's others out there. You definitely don't need Diego Luna, who's just so diminutive. I don't know. I mean, not that Al Pacino was like some like big dude. He was like a little... Yeah, you know, he's not a tall like, man, Pacino. No, he's a little. Not he's a, a little man. guy too. But like, he's just he's larger than life. He has yeah. that presence, and I just don't think Diego Luna has that presence at all. So, uh, so Fuqua, yes, in, Luna out, out, and the release date has also uh, been moved. It's, it's been taken off the calendar because it was scheduled to come out in August. Yeah, even though it hasn't shot a frame of footage. So that's not going to happen. New. No. So where, where's he moved to now? Uh, Nineteen or twenty? I mean, it hasn't. Uh, it doesn't have a date. Yeah, nor should they rush this thing. I would be surprised um, if it comes out next year. I could see early twenty twenty. I mean, I, I could see him getting started this summer, or this fall. I don't. I think okay. I don't know when Equalizer two comes out, but that is Denzel's first sequel. I yeah. imagine it will do well, um, and that's Fuqua as well. So he's going to be coming off a hit, I think. Yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, so uh, talking of uh, movies that are being uh, remade, revived, rebooted. Um, great news this week about Rashida Jones going to be penning, uh, co-penning. Nine Was to that five. actual news about? Like, uh, it says that there's a nine to five remake and that they what want that they want Rashida Jones to write it. But yeah, is that like a deal? It was just like an interest story. Looks like it. Looks like it. Um, I mean, I I think she would be really. I I I really like her work. I do really like her work. Um, and there was also talk this week of potentially uh, Donnie Parton, Lily Tomlin, and Jane Fonda coming back in roles. Now, I don't see those potentially as being the lead roles. I see those as being handoff roles or B-level casting positions. Um, that I, I, I think I want them to return. I don't know. I don't I, care either way. You don't care. Did you no. not like 9 to 5? I don't care. No, oh, it's okay. like a, it's That's like a, a great whatever comedy movie. Uh, so I think good. I think they should just remake this thing. I don't think they should bring back the original cast. Um, I, I think someone like Issa Rae would be great. I think Gina Rodriguez would mm-hmm. be great. Uh, and there's but like I've seen there's a few of these projects that are sort of in development around town. Fox had one that was called Women in Business. Yep. I think 
uh, that they were looking at Emma Stone for. I... But there are quite a few of these that aren't actually coming to fruition. I think it's Murphy Brown is coming back to TV. You know, there are quite a few of these sort of 80s, 90s era um, sure, and then the time is right for a nine to five yeah. remake. Uh, you know, whatever happened to the Working Girl um, reversioning? There was a talk of that like a year, eighteen months ago, and that yeah, that never really came to anything. I don't know. Um, that was a good Rashida movie. Jones, like, what are her credentials? Uh, she was uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine Nine. She's done a few movies for um, for writing. Oh no, not for writing. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I'm saying. I feel like. Yeah, I don't know. What has she written, actually? Let me see. I don't know if she wrote so any she wrote, of the... Um... She wrote Celeste and Jesse with Will McCormick? Uh, I don't know. Everybody Rashida will. Jones. Let, I, me just, I, let me just check what, what she's actually written previously, and we'll run she, through that. Because just like she got hired on Toy Story, and then everyone thought she was like this power writer, and, yeah, then, they did, threw, and then they threw her script in the garbage. Yeah. <laughs> so, I just... I don't know. She still wrote it. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look. So I'm not the, as excited about this as anybody is, else. is very long. Uh, let me see as a, it's going to be shorter than her list as a, okay writer she has four credits as a writer to date um, Celeste and Jesse forever yeah uh, she wrote an episode of A to Z I'm not familiar with that mm. uh, she wrote uh, Nosedive Black Mirror um, and uh, Hot Girls Wanted uh, turned on a, a documentary that she was involved in so her writing credits are not are not there um, quite yet she's yeah. done some direction and obviously her acting resume her comedy acting resume is really strong yeah listen I like Rashida Jones in front of the camera I just I don't know if she's like some like power comedy scribe like I don't know go get fucking I mean if, if listen yeah. if the team from 9 to 5 really wants to do this right you go get Karen McCullough and you get Kiwi Smith yep no I agree with that but also but like it's as simple as that everybody has a first job though you know, our first major job. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, I, I so get it. I'm not I here to like. Points. I'm not trying to knock Rashida. I'm just saying, I think there's better options out there. If I was the executive on nine to five, I'd be looking elsewhere. Okay. Uh, just backtracking, Zeno um, is asking uh, in the chat. Going back to Scarface, do you think that Scarface should be directed by someone of Mexican or Latin descent? No, uh, could you, no, no, I don't think it matters. Uh, well, like, uh, you know, no. What is it... this where white people have to direct white people movies and black it's people? Have to, it's fucking ridiculous. There Stop was a, it. There was a quote from. Um, uh, Antoine Fuqua was great from Ava at, uh, at the the Wrinkle in Time press cron- conference the other day, and she was saying that she doesn't have kids, she doesn't plan to have kids, but she wanted to make this kids movie. The movies are her kids, and there is this thing that goes around is like if you aren't X, then you can't direct movies about X. No, you absolutely can. You will have a different viewpoint, but there's nothing to say that, like you say, movies for for an African American audience have to be written by I saw directed a, by a, an African American or a quote white, recently. White, I don't know who said it, but it was like we need black artists telling stories that aren't just about black people. Yeah. Because also we need then, them telling all kinds of stories to get their perspective on all kinds of people and, and matters. Because also then you get the criticism is like, oh, it's a black movie by black people for black people. Oh, it's so it's, it's their so, agenda. It's it's like, so you literally lazy. can't please everybody. It's just but so no, I, I, in lazy. short, no, I don't think you have to have someone from that, that um, group to play, yeah, or direct or write it at all. Maybe, um, the, yeah, maybe they hired Rick Famuyiwa on Black Hole because he's black. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Is he also a hole? <laughs> um, black hole. Let's yeah. talk about black hole. Let's talk about that. Have you read it? Uh, I haven't. I'm aware of it. I haven't read it. Dude, it's fucking great. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, You guys know I'm not a comic book movie. I'm yeah. not a graphic novel guy. This yeah. is one of the first graphic novels that I ever read. It blew me away. 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get into graphic novels at the moment, and I've, I've got a long Go fight then. coming up at the end of next week. I have um, Alistair Arcane to uh, to read that I got given at Christmas. That's the movie that Eli Roth, we can get to Eli Roth later, is working on. And, uh, John Croker has, has written it, and Jim Carrey's starring in it. Um, so I've got what? that to read. What is this? Yeah, yeah it's a movie. It's like, it's like 18 months ago. Alistair what? Alistair Arcane. It's based on a graphic With novel. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey in the lead. Uh, Eli I directing. Um, That'll happen. But yeah, so uh, Black Hole um, is, is also one that I was like, I've constantly seen this recommended and I haven't read it. So I am actually going to get these two and I'm going to read them. On Rick Famuyiwa was the kind of filmmaker where it's like you hear about him getting attached to some big project every three to six months and then he you know, inevitably term, turns into draft and they go in another direction <laughs> or something. Like this guy just can't get... It's a stick, it mm. seems like, because he had a very promise. I guess it wasn't his debut. Dope, people think of Dope as his debut. He's actually He'd actually directed a few studio movies before yeah. that. Dope's a great movie. Um, dope is very good. I really like Dope. I did not like Confirmation, his HBO movie mm. uh, with Kerry Washington. Um, and, and then he's done The Shy, uh, and I like the pilot for that, um, but... I think he's I think he's a good I think he's a cool hire for this. He's mm. he's an outside the box hire. He has proven he can work with a young ensemble. Hey, look right now, breaking news on Rick Famuyiwa. Oh, Netflix, Netflix scores vigilante superhero feature from Rick Famuyiwa with Keanu Reeves and talks to star. Hmm. Well then, there you go. Um, How'd you like that? But he has worked with a young ensemble before. Yep. Black Hole is about. Uh, it's set in the Pacific Northwest, and it's about a bunch of high school kids and, and this sexually transmitted disease of sorts called the bug that that uh, prompts some genetic mutations. Oh, um, you know, as people grow wings or a tail or something. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um, that yeah, sound pretty this, cool, this new project is called Past Past Midnight, a new kind of vigilante superhero. Hopefully, Reeves comes on to star. Blah 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 blah. Um, dope. Here's a fun fact about Dope. Um, when I arrived in the US, that was the movie that I watched on the plane uh, when I uh, when I relocated in uh, 2015. And obviously, a great movie set in LA. Um, and that was that was the movie that I watched as I was uh, about to start my new life in the city of angels. Aww, that yeah. is cute. So, so one day I'll meet him. Well, I'll tell I, that story. I really and hope that Black Hole. Um, yeah. <laughs> I really really hope that Black Hole comes together. I would like to see this be Rick's next movie. Cool. Yeah, it sounds better than than Vigilante Superhero Movie, which is kind of what we watched uh, last night. Yes. Death Wish. Yes. Let's just let's just get into it. Should we talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to do box office now as well? Take a break and do that. Okay. Cool. Uh, Yeah. So uh, we were texting because we're bros. Uh, Going, hey man, I'm going to go and see Death. Actually, I saw your tweet that you were going to go and see it. And uh, I was like, well, I'm going to get on my own otherwise, because uh, nobody else wants to see it. So I was like, hey, bro. By the way, we tried to sit you next to you last night, but, but when, you, when, I you're, say, I, when you're picking the seats, you don't know what, what's, what's, what the numbers are. I text you, though. I text you. I was in J16. Well, well, I know, but when you but when I got to the theater and then I'm looking at the seats. You didn't like him. No, I was like, well, what's, which side is J16? Because I couldn't sit next to you. Uh yeah, okay. so you, 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 totally you had to guess. Anyways, um, but yeah, Death so, Wish. Yeah, did so, you, you? You didn't really like it. I didn't really like it. I yeah. didn't think it was terrible. I didn't really like it. And it's not because I know there's a lot of stuff going around. This movie going like, oh my god, it's a white guy it's with guns. Very fantasy. It's very politicized. And yeah, I think it's it's not the right time for this movie to come out. Um, I think it's unfortunate timing. 
you just don't know when these things are going to happen. And this gun debate constantly rages, um, you know, here, here in the States. So there's never really going to be there's never going to be any time you'd release this movie where this would not be aligned with 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 the gun control arguments and the gun and the gun lobbies and anti-gun people, et cetera, et cetera. So you're never going to avoid that. That's always going to be on the table. Right. Um, it's just unfortunate timing for this as a movie. Um, I just I just didn't. I didn't really, I didn't really love it. I mean, it wasn't terrible. There was nothing really fundamentally wrong with it. There were some little bits of sort of preachy from both sides, and I was like, eh, okay. I don't know whether this is pro gun or anti gun. It just didn't. Nothing. It just felt like a bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, I didn't particularly like the villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were really weak. It kind of just ended um, without really that much of a build up, and I was like, it didn't really leave me thinking, oh, great, well, this is a great kickoff point for a franchise. Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis kind of looked like he was taking the piss out of himself most of the movie. Bruce Willis is on Thorazine in this movie. He was just... He's just sleepwalking through it. He was bad. Yeah. And it's not... And he's done some shit. And I almost interjected uh, earlier in the show, but, you know, we were talking about Josh Brolin. Yeah. Josh Brolin would have been perfect for a Death Wish. This was... I mean, I love Bruce Willis. He's done some crap straight to, to, to VOD yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and this but is better than that, yeah, I think. It is, but it's still not great. He 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 is um, not he is not good. And Drew, you know, reviewed it for the tracking board. You guys should ch- uh, check out his review if you're thinking of seeing this movie. He was he was just like, it, it's not a good performance. It's not a bad performance. It just hangs it's a there. weird performance. It is yeah. a weird one. The whole film just kind of hangs there, and it doesn't really. It didn't. I didn't feel any attachment to it. I didn't feel any. And whether that's in a positive or a negative way, it was really completely. I just felt completely neutral so, towards so, it. So you didn't really have any strong feelings, but you didn't like it. No, no. My friend Matt Silverman thought it was a bore. Right. Uh, yeah, it was uh, not exciting. I disagreed. Interesting. That's right. Um, so uh, let me just read you uh, okay. a tweet, or this is on Facebook from uh, James Oster. Okay. Who is better known to the community as Jimmy O from Joe Blow? Okay. Jimmy O says, as a huge fan of revenge driven flicks, I enjoyed what Eli Roth brought to Death Wish, yet I fully understand the issues other, others have with it, especially the timing. However, I tend not to consider crappy timing in movies release as part of a review. Mm-hmm. I'm with Jimmy O on this. I don't care about the timing. Like, there is, first of all, you're right, there's never the right time. But I don't care how bad this looks, like, you know, coming on the heels of Parkland. A movie can't help that. A movie is made in a vacuum of sorts. Um, I don't blame this movie for the timing at all. And and even though, you know, Drew sort of argued, like, it doesn't bring much to the conversation about guns, which Mm. the first one sort of did, you know, it was more of like a vigilante movie than a revenge movie. This is definitely more revenge movie than than vigilante. But... I thought it worked for you know for what Eli Roth brought to it and what this movie was in his mind. I thought it worked. Um, Bruce is not good, and, and with another actor, this movie probably would have been thirty percent better. Yep. But I enjoyed some of the the gore gags and uh, yeah. No, I agree I with you on that. D'Onofrio, you're right. The villains are weak, and I would have liked to have seen Bo Knapp, an actor I really like, who mm. now stars on uh, Seven Seconds on Netflix. I would have liked to see him seen him introduced a lot earlier because that whole thing where he, he it's like you don't even get a good look at the guy until like the last scene. Yeah, and I I just felt I mean considering how 
visceral some of the and there's some visceral imagery in this but how visceral the the tension and the atmosphere can be can really put you on edge in some of Eli's work and even stuff that he's produced that he hasn't directed there's really an atmosphere a tenseness and whether that's exactly. uh, that home invasion is I thought it was very well staged yeah but it does for me didn't have the menace it didn't have the the awkward intensity of, mm-hmm. of some of the other stuff that even where I think Eli hasn't made a particularly good movie, there's always been that element of, you know, oh, this is making me, you know, feel something. I just did, I just felt it lacked that atmosphere, that tension. Now, it's an R-rated movie. I'm wondering whether or not that had to be toned down. I think soundtrack, the soundtrack for this was very weak. That You know, that could have mm-hmm. really added that extra level to this, which I think was kind of a letdown. And t- too many cutaways to, to radio stations and people talking. Um, I yeah. just, that was too, I didn't like that. I, there could have been a different narrative for mm-hmm. that. Um, I, I'm always sad to see Elizabeth Shue not in an entire movie. I still have the biggest crush on Elizabeth Shue. Mm-hmm. She will never not be hot. Um, so any movie that she's in, I will watch anyway. Um, I thought The Daughter was pretty good, but kind of wasted. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I almost uh, would have liked to have seen her and shoes switch like the the fates. Vincent there. D'Onofrio's character, I was really looking forward to seeing something from him. Again, that didn't kind of really go anywhere. You're just kind of anticipating a twist because yeah. there's like a money situation with him, and so you're wondering, well, maybe was he behind? Yeah, and it just didn't. The, yeah, it without just... veering into spoiler territory, but yeah, you're right. There's there's no twist coming there. It's yeah, very I, straightforward. But and considering it's Eli at the helm. And it was written by um, Joe Carnahan. I, I, they're both guys who can deliver a sting in the tail, and at that for me, it wasn't there. It didn't okay. build. It, it was fine. I think the movie's going to do okay this weekend. Yeah. Like I went to after our interview on Hollywood Boulevard. I went, I went to Chick Fil A. Oh, nice. yeah. I had chicken nuggets at like, at like no, 10, 10 in the morning. Lovely. And I and there was a table of like blue collar guys, and mm. they were talking about how good Death Wish, you know, looked. Yeah. So I think that there is an audience for this. It may be, not be the audience that listens to the show or the audience that uh, that people who listen to the show would associate with. Yeah. Um. You know, but but also, I mean, people, uh, there there are people will see this, and there is there is this commentary, you know, around the, the political commentary around. It. I mean, I didn't think it was a bad film at all. I just didn't particular. I wasn't particularly enamored by it. But I mean, I you know, everybody knows that I'm a liberal. Um, this film did not Fucking offend me. Scum. This did not. I didn't think oh, this is like pro NRA. This is pro guns. I didn't. I didn't, didn't really didn't stick me as that kind of movie. If anything, it puts two sides of an argument. I just didn't think it was as good as it could have been. So I guess before the press screenings on Wednesday night, Eli Roth had a video, like a short video introduction, yeah. and he was saying, you know, listen, if you guys don't like the movie, review it on Saturday. Just give me Friday. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you do post negative reviews, I'm going to come hunt you down. <laughs> Like the bear Jew, um, what do you th- what do you think of that like strategy? Like, do, do you think like that? I get Eli Roth like doing it because that's his brand. And, you know, it's like kind of tongue in cheek. But like, as far as Annapurna, you think Annapurna should have included that short introduction before press screenings? Or you think Annapurna should have been like, Eli, we're not doing this? I, I mean, I it's sort of like begging for like bad reviews and it it kind of I mean yeah I mean up. I yeah I, it does set them up. But I think there, this movie was going to, I mean, I know IGN, um, uh, William at, at IGN gave it like a three. A lot of other people have not given Joe it a Joe Blow gave it a seven review. out of ten. Who did? Joe Blow. Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, I think it is going to be one of these ones where you're going to have the either low or the quite high. You know, the, the higher end, but not like ten out of ten. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it did it's any harm. I think it's funny. ten out of ten it's, with this Bruce Willis performance. It's, classi- tell you. it's classic Eli Roth kind of. You know, he likes to to fuck about with the system, and I think that's fine. I mean, 
ultimately, yeah. this okay. is this is a movie that is really going to last in the theaters for a couple of weeks. It's going to have its nice You're opening right. weekend. It's going to drop out of the top ten. So do you know what? It's going to do v- because v- I v- like play. Eli Roth's work. I mean, I think some of his work is not as good as some of his other stuff. But you know, I'm like. Do you know what? If it means that Eli Roth continues to be able to make movies, now Alistair Kane is one of the yeah, ones. I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, yeah, give him a good, give him a good opening weekend. There'll be probably like a 50, 60 yeah. percent drop off week two, week three. It'll I, be out of multiplexes within the month. Just give, throw Eli a fucking I, I cookie. Th- I think Hollywood is better with Eli Roth working yeah, in it. Yeah. I, I will give you that. So I'm like, so, yeah. so tell me box office wise, how's it looking? Okay, so it's looking at fourteen to sixteen this weekend, which is not too bad. It's a thirty million budget. So that if that's an opening weekend, I think this can wipe its face. It can do quite well, possibly make a, a profit. I don't think we're going to look like, say, Hitman's Bodyguard over-exceeded what people thought last year. I don't think it's going to reach that kind of level of stuff, but I do think it's going to do. It's going to make a profit, and it's going to be absolutely fun, and everyone's going to be you know, moderately happy with that, especially considering the current climate. I think that's, that's very good. Red Sparrow is the other major release. That took 1.2 million in previews last night. That's looking at about 15 to 19 million um, for the weekend. This is going by Variety's predictions. Jeff Snyder at the tracking board calls it absolutely gripping in the mm. ad campaign. I saw it this week. Did you like it? No, I didn't. Oh, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was over long. I didn't like the pacing. It is long. There's a lot of Jennifer Lawrence's it is, tits in it. It is long, and there are there's a lot of that. Yeah. But I felt like it was a real movie. It was a real... This is not a gimmick. Like we have a real script. This is an adult film. Yeah, I thought it was terrific. You see, I I I didn't dislike it. For me, I thought it was over long. I I I would have cut like thirty minutes out of it. Um, I thought there was some really nice element to it. So I thought Jennifer Lawrence was great. Didn't buy the chemistry between her and Joel at all. Mm. Um, and that's not a spoiler because that's in the trailer. The violence I thought was it was too extreme and out of place. I mean, I do not mind violence in movies personally. I've never had a problem with it. It just did. It was too much of a juxta to the rest of the stuff. It came out of nowhere and it didn't really go anywhere. Um, I thought that the torture sequences were far better handled than some of the other ones. Um, where, where she's experiencing it almost torture. felt like an Eli Roth movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, this that felt more Eli that Roth's did feel like Red a, yeah. Sparrow. But it's um, I, I, you know, I, I, it, it just wasn't a film that really blew me away. I thought there were a lot of good elements. You know, I really enjoyed Jeremy Irons. I like Jeremy Irons in pretty much anything anyway. I think he's the Don. He's like you know a British Christopher Walken. You put him in and he's amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't. I didn't really love it as did, much as some other people. Did you I have a problem a with, with Jen's accent? I didn't. It didn't no. bother me. People are really getting hung up on it. Like No, to me, that was the least of the film's problems. Um, yeah. You know, I thought it was interesting. It did remind me how much I do enjoy, like, a Cold War kind of thriller. You know, a lot of the stuff that we had in the 80s and yeah. 90s. It I had think, that 80s, 90s I think Cold I liked War this more than Tinker Taylor, to be honest. Tinker Taylor was a movie that was a little long and oh, slow for me. Tinker Taylor, I wasn't a massive fan of either. I mean, um, that had some, some big problems for me. Right, but so, it wasn't terrible. I mean, I would give it a... If it was a 10, I'd give it a, you know, a 5, maybe a 6. Okay. Well, Death Wish, 14 to 16, Red Sparrow, 15 to 19, but they're both coming in way behind Black Panther. What's it looking like in Weekend 3, Simon? That's going to be by quite some margin. You know, we're not going to see much of a drop-off. I mean, last weekend I thought we said it was going to be 120. It was like 110, something like that. I think this weekend we're still looking at, you know, high, you know, really under 100. But still, you know, still not far off that. I mean, the word of mouth and the people who are repeat viewing that is is incredible. It's got a massive, massive return factor. On we, that. We've got about uh, ten to fifteen minutes yep. left in this show, so let's uh, try to hum it along because okay. we do want to get the Oscar predictions. Yes, um, the Weinstein Company uh, they accepted a bid. They uh, have... That doesn't mean that there's a deal. No. 
Uh, it means that there's an agreement in principle. Um, you know who else had an agreement? Josh McDaniels had an agreement to coach to coach the Indianapolis Colts, yeah, and then the next happen. day, yeah, exactly. If there's no signed deal. It's not a fucking deal yet. I don't know what the assets thing means. Like, you know, they're talking about fifty-one percent of the company. Like, what? Is, I I don't know what is going on, and I don't know when we will know. Honestly, and yeah, I mean, the, the, probably the key this, part of this deal is a predominantly female um, uh, investor group that that's going to come and take this over. If, if they it goes still haven't through. addressed David Glasser's fate, they that haven't. wasn't in any of the interviews no. last night. I, you know, like Fl- Fleming at deadline, staying up late to interview uh, Tarek Ben Amari. It just felt. I'm telling you, there's something shady about this whole fucking endeavor. Schneiderman's like reversal, like every—it's just weird. It's every every statement has been so politicized. I I don't. There's something up. We'll there's see something up. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but obviously that. Do is, you think that they can turn it around? I wouldn't buy it. I don't even. Know, it's like if you're going to launch a new company, why do you need the Weinstein Company's infrastructure to do it? I understand not wanting to lay off 150 people. What are these? 150 people have been doing the last year, too. Like, they just sit there with their thumbs up. You know the Hollywood system like I do. The place is the place is bloated with people who either do yeah, nothing or just, do a shit job. Yeah, they just collect paychecks. What jobs. are these people doing? Yeah. They have no movies. Yeah. Um, um, but Dan- yeah, so we'll see what happens. Danny Boyle and Richard Curtis yes. are teaming up. Now, th- you know, this is noteworthy because everybody had linked Boyle to Bond. Uh, now we have trades insisting that that Boyle will do this movie mm-hmm. first. That that if Bond, if Bond really wants Boyle, they will wait for him. Yeah. Um, Although production on this is due to start in the summer. So yeah. We'll see what happens with that. So you know, but Bond obviously w- w- was not going to be ready, and they they're not they don't have to be tied into that date. They can always move things. Yeah. Um, I think Danny Boyle would be worth waiting for, but I also understand why they may just say, all right, well, you know, if you want to go do your musical, go ahead. We're going to move on with somebody else. Maybe we can come back to you down the line. And I do like the work of Richard Curtis. I mean, obviously, he, I'm assuming Danny's going to direct and Richard's going to write and produce. And musicals are red hot right now, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that's good news. I'm pleased with that one. Um, a load of stuff that came out of Disney and Marvel this week. Um, Mulan uh, has um, uh, set the live actions now moved to 2020. Uh, someone is asking as well, what do I feel about Infin- the Infinity War moving forward a week? It makes no difference. Difference. I mean, people get to see it early, War, that, That's just a brilliant move on Disney's yeah. part. That weekend before it was wide open, it, you know, the Amy Schumer movie, I feel pretty, is the biggest movie on that date. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. And just to get a third weekend cushion, but, you know, um, before Deadpool 2 hits, of course, something could move up into that Avengers yeah. old date or the or the 11th, uh, which the only big release there is the Melissa McCarthy movie, Life of the Party. Um, honestly, so so I think obviously this this provides Avengers with a little bit more cushion between Deadpool 2 and Solo. Yeah. Uh, and it also cuts back on the spoilers because the international opening was going to be before. Uh, but really, I'll tell you who this hurts. Okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Because around then he's got He's got Rampage. Rampage. Rampage will now have, I believe, one week, maybe two. I think it's just one week in theaters before Avengers hits. Mm. So he can't be happy with that. You. Um... But I mean, well, I think you know, he's got Jungle Cruise with the studio. I think he talked to somebody over there. He's stepping on my toes. But I'm, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I like the Avengers movies, and I'm also a big fan of Day and Date because it stops spoilers, it stops all this stuff I don't going. Know why they don't so do I, Day and Date I, for this with stuff. these big movies? You should just do Day and Date internationally. Mulan, super long delay. It's like 15 month delay. You know, we haven't yeah. really heard any casting outside of uh, you know the the star. Yeah, that's going to be a, a, just a tricky movie, I think. And Marvel have scheduled seven movies up to 2022 and live action Disney. 
Um, they're now scheduled up to 2023 with an animated title coming in 2022. Yeah, they dropped November. a whole bunch of Pixar so and Marvel days. We don't know what anything is. No, we just dates. The, the, only not- the other notable thing is that they took that Anna Kendrick movie, Noel, which was called Nicole, yep. took it off the release it calendar, the and that's what's going to happen to it. Yep. It's, it's going to streaming. They haven't no confirmed surprise. I think we're going to see more titles, of that, but... to be honest with you, but there we go. Like Magic Camp. Okay, um, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about Oscars weekend. Okay, yeah, cool. that's fine. Yeah, we're not going to get into the, the John Campion, the rap Batman no, thing. No, I mean, which a lot of people have been asking uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a non-story, folks. Yeah, sorry, uh, nothing to see here. That. Matt Reeves, though, uh, you know, he's producing that Life Sentence movie yep. for Netflix. They won that big option. And then the big thing, honestly, the biggest thing on my Twitter all week, Viola Davis and Lupita Nyong'o teaming up for The Woman King. Holy yeah. shit. Really good. When, when you get black Twitter excited about something, you know you have a hit. And judging by the numbers on my Twitter feed, that movie's going to be the biggest movie of all time. Yep. All right, Oscar prediction, Simon. Okay, let's start. We're going to go through a couple of the categories. Let's go animated feature director, supporting actress, supporting actor, blah, blah, blah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. We don't need to talk about all this stuff. Coco is going to win animated, Coco's right? Gonna, yeah, Coco's uh, going to win animated. You, do you think all the acting uh, categories are, are predetermined? Uh, I think there's a little bit of room for maneuver. Where? Okay. Uh, well, let's talk about director, first of all. And then we'll go to get to acting. Okay. Okay. Uh, director Chris Nolan Dunkirk, Jordan Peele. Get we know out. Who the nominees are. Okay. Who do you think is going to win? Well, come on, Del-, Del Toro. Yeah, Del Toro definitely. For, uh, uh, Let me guide this conversation, okay. my friend. Guillermo del Toro. Yes, he's going to win. Who do you think? If there's going to be an upset in the in the acting races, who do you think it will be? Uh, acting races. I supporting. I think the upset. I think it's going to be Alice and Jenny. I think the upset would be um, Laurie Metcalf for Lady Bird. Yes. But do you think that she's going to do it? No, I think it's going to be Alice and so you think you're thinking Chuck? Yeah. All right. Then Chuck. Okay. So, you know, between acting races, Del Toro's, it's like we, we already kind of know this stuff. It's okay. not that exciting a show. Uh, let's talk about do- – there's like three races that interest me, honestly. Uh, documentary. Do you think Icarus is going to win? Highly likely, yeah. Just because it has the Netflix advertising budget behind it, yep. the Russia Olympics, and the timing and everything. Yep. Um, do you think Roger Deakins will win in cinematography, or do you think it'll be like go to Dunkirk or Shape of Water? I think Shape of Water is the one that could surprise there. Uh, like everybody's giving it to Deakins. This movie's not good. It looked great. Yeah. But man, uh, is that all cinematography is now? It doesn't have to do with like storytelling. It's just Dunk. I mean, Dunkirk is in many ways, you know, a, a great achievement. But it, for me, Shape of Water is the movie that. It's interesting yeah. that you you would go with Dan Lost in there. I thought, you know, I didn't love Dunkirk. It put me right fucking there. I thought the cinematography was great by Hoyt Van Hoytma. Uh, original screenplay. Yeah. So this is the big. This is kind of the big one. Before we get to picture, which is we're going to end, end the show on that. This is where you have Jordan Peele squaring off with Greta Gerwig, yep. squaring off with Martin McDonough. Mm-hmm. Um, who wins? For me, I think it's going to be three billboards. I think it's going to be Martin. I think so too. We are finally in agreement on something. Yeah. I, I just um, I think that Peel is is considered the front runner, just because he won the WGL. Although you know uh, Martin was not eligible for that. Um, I, I mean, there there are three that I really love. I mean, I love Get Out. I thought Jordan Peel did a great job with that. I thought The Big Sick was great. I loved I loved the screenplay for that. I just think too. that Billboards is going to take it. Billboards is a very smart script. It's just very well written. I'd be just very surprised. I know people are thinking Get Out's going to take some stuff, and I really wish them you think the best it's of go success. Home empty-handed. I think it might go home empty-handed. All right, so let's talk about Best Picture then. We're okay. gonna, this is we're going to wrap up the show right now. Best Picture, tons of drama around it. Five possible winners, really, of the yep. nine. What will take it? 
Um, I think it's going to go to three billboards. I'd like it to go to Shape of Water. Wow. So you are predicting a three billboards win. I'm predicting a three billboards win. You I've heard l- it here, folks. That's what I think will win. I Personally, I would like it to be the Shape of Water. That's If I was voting, that is what I would vote for. I think it's going to be three billboards. I think I'm with you. I think that if I was voting, I would probably vote for the Shape of Water. Yeah. I think... And, and I think the Shape of Water is the likely front runner, but I think Get Out's going to do it. Interesting. I, I think I, I have sensed a, a buzz in in town. Interesting. Just in terms of when anybody talks about it, they just sort of light up. Um, I think there's a lot of passion behind it. I think that the preferential ballot is going to hurt a movie like Three Billboards, mm-hmm. not necessarily Shape of Water. Um, you know, people talk about all the below the line support and how Get Out doesn't really have that. Lady Bird doesn't really have that. You know, with the crafts and the guilds, but. I, I don't know, man. I think that there's something about this movie. I think it's going to age the best. Um, I would love to see. I mean, I would love to. I'm, Get Out was one of my favorite movies of last year. And it's one of the few movies of last year that I revisited numerous times. You know, I, I really enjoy that movie. And I always see mm-hmm. new little things in it and experience new little things every single time I watch it. I just don't know. But, but it could to be, be a honest with you, It could be one of those movies like, I can't believe you even thought that was going to win. But I think one of the criticisms, it would, it would calm and it would inflame two big criticisms of the Oscars. One, whenever I film it, fucking nobody's seen those movies. That's the elitist thing for the Oscars. I think if it was a popular, successful movie that actually won, I think it might get people going, oh, the Oscars are actually a bit more normal people rather than just industry. But also then I think that my worst case fear is the fact that if Get Out wins, then those same people are going, oh, it's political, it's because it's about white people and black people. And that to me is like, that's just going to continue this perpetual thing of like, the Oscars is is only political. It is only a social action thing. But I I, I love Get Out. If that wins, I will be absolutely delighted for everybody involved. I think it's going to be a fun show on Sunday. I think it is. It's going to be, we're both kind of out on a limb with our predictions. Neither yeah. one of us is predicting the shape of water, which is very unusual. All the trades went with shape of water. I would love that. So, win. so we'll see, but it's going to be three billboards. We will see. I'm going to be there. Oh yeah. I'm going to be there. You're going to be in, in the, in the I'm ceremony. Gonna be in, I'm not going to be in the ceremony. I'm going to be a uh, red Best carpet, room or? Oh, okay. red carpet. And then I'm going to be going to be working on that stuff afterwards. for, uh, for who, which outlet uh, I'm going to be covering for Reuters this year. Very cool. Yeah. Already done it for a load of other outlets so far this year. And I'm doing the spirits for E tomorrow. Going to so be on the pop- red carpet oh, there. The spirit awards. Doing the spirit awards. Swanky. Yeah. So, seriously, you can watch that on the online. In the rain. On the beach. <laughs> Living the dream. Uh, yeah. So seriously, you can watch the spirit awards. They're always really good. And the hosts are great again this year. Um, Nick Kroll's going to be uh, deading, uh, deb- double heading on that. It's really worth checking it out. So do go to, um, do go to the spirit awards website film independent um and you can watch that online tomorrow saturday um it'll be pacific time so obviously late in other in other territories but do check it out it's a really really good show and we're going to see a lot it's going to be a really we're going to see a lot of people who are nominated on sunday walking home with awards on saturday there's a big big overlap this year when does my idea uh, when does my interview with al jazeera go up uh, that'll go out, I think, on uh, Sunday. It'll go out a few times on Sunday. I'll send you a link. Don't worry. We'll post it. Great. We'll okay. Uh, well, then, Simon, where can the good folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon. I also have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. Don't forget, Dark Crystal is in theaters uh, on Sunday and Tuesday. Uh, 4K restoration. I've got a, an interview with Lisa Henson, uh, the CEO of the Henson Company on Forbes. Also, I spoke to Alexander Desplat uh, this week about Shape of Water on Forbes. You can check that out too. 
Uh, if you want to win your Oscar pool, check out my Oscar predictions later today mm-hmm. on the tracking board. Uh, I've been stalling all week trying to just see see what's out there. Yeah. Um, I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board. No show next week. No show next week. No We're show both, next uh, week. off on vacation. Uh, so we'll see you in two weeks' time. Thank you uh, for watching the Popcorn Talk Network. Make Thank sure you. to rate, comment, subscribe. Tell, tell your, your friends. friends. Tell people you hate. Yeah. Um, just to piss them off. Yeah, and I'm at the Insider on Twitter and Instagram. Folks, have a wonderful Oscars weekend. Yep. Be safe. Get out or go home. Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.